Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. And the show is a little bit late today. We usually do it at nine in the morning. We're already in the afternoon, but it is the day before our big primary election here in Alaska and also our special general election. And wanted to wait and, and make sure that we had um, Nick Begich the third available today. And so he's finally available. He's been, uh, he just got off the phone with the Wall Street Journal. Is that correct, Nick? That's true. Yep. I was just doing an interview with them. And so uh, we, we're so glad you could fit us up. We'll try to keep this short, but we really appreciate you joining us today. And for everybody out on Facebook, thank you for joining us here on the Must Read Alaska show. It's something we really enjoy doing. Um, if you could like and share this uh, interview, that would be great. We really appreciate that. And of course, I appreciate everything that all of you do to keep our state free and our nation free to support our First Amendment, our Second Amendment and all the amendments. And um, to just be great Americans and be a force for good out there, because that's the motto of Must Read Alaska, be a force for good. So uh, Nick Baggage, you're here with the Must Read Alaska show. Welcome. And we just are so uh, privileged that you had time day before the uh, election to join us and to talk to us a little bit about what the last few days have been like for you. And I sent you a note and we said we were going to start with... Um, We'll start with Ketchikan, but first, how's everything going? Just tell us how things are going. Oh, it's going really well. We're getting a lot of support out there. You know, the, throughout the state, people are super excited about this race. They're excited about the opportunity to be represented in Congress again and be hopeful again about the future of our state. You know, we have so many resources that we're blessed with here in Alaska, whether that be oil or gas or coal, critical minerals, precious metals, base metals, rare earths down in southeast and uh, timber, right, and fishing, and of course, the, the resource of tourism. We have so many resources in Alaska, and uh, people are excited about the opportunity to open up the state and do more with what we've been given. You know, we haven't really talked about uh, what we we're going to talk about so much today, other than we're going to just talk about where you've been the past week, because I, I know you've been crisscrossing the state. But, you know, one thing I don't think a lot of people know about you is that you actually have a an active mining claim here in Alaska. And um, you'd like to see more minerals developed all over the state for things like um, this new, you know, the new various energy aspects that we have going on. They all need minerals for them. And- Oh, they do. Alaska and it's, it, that's right. It's, it's, so, uh, it's so, in fact, duplicitous of the left to be calling for more uh, so-called green energy and then be shutting down mining uh, throughout the state and throughout the nation. You know, I, I really sort of question, where do they think these resources come from? And we all we all walk around with a phone in our pocket or our purse, right? We've got, a, we've got our vehicles that we're driving. We've got our homes that we live in. Those are resources. And if they're not being produced in a place like Alaska, they're being produced in a place like Afghanistan, right? Or by Iran. children. Yeah, by children. That's right. They have very little regard to uh, to the environment. They have very little regard to uh, labor laws. And yet uh, the left wants to say, hey, out of sight, out of mind. 
right? Mm -hmm. They think they're doing good by shutting it down where it's done best. And, you know, I think calling out the left, and that's something that I've done throughout the campaign, is an important part of the job uh, for Alaska's sole U.S. House member. So it's been it's been good. It's been encouraging um, out there on the trail. I do own a, a, a copper prospect, part of a copper prospect in the Wrangell-St. Elias National Park. It's 820 acres approximately of uh, patented mining ground and very promising. And there are there are prospects like that throughout the state of Alaska. Some are patented, some have yet to be discovered. But uh, the only way that we're going to be able to access those resources if we start re is if we start reforming um, the permitting laws and start adding rails and road and port infrastructure to the state of Alaska. So, yeah. So but speaking of that, now I know you were at a forum today in Anchorage and you uh, you were at a forum for was it at ConocoPhillips today forum? And uh, tell us about the forum. So was it uh, you, Mary Peltola and Sarah Palin? Well, you know, it's interesting. Interestingly enough, there were two of us there. It was myself and, and Mary Peltola. Once again, uh, Sarah Palin was absent. They even had a slide up there, Sarah Palin, parentheses, absent. And uh, that's sort of consistent with what we've seen throughout the campaign. She spent a great deal of time out of state. I, I think here in the last couple of weeks, she's, she spent time down in Minneapolis to have a fundraiser. She went down to uh, to Dallas, I think, for a few days. And we just haven't seen much of Sarah Palin on the campaign trail. It's very rare that we actually encounter each other. Um, you know, in fact, uh, there's been a number of media interviews that I've done and they've, they've said, look, we'd love to talk to Sarah Palin, but she's unwilling to talk about the race, her background or the state's issues with us. And I don't know how you can possibly represent the state of Alaska if you're not willing to talk to national and international media. That's the case we're trying to make for the state. Yeah. And she's yeah. absent from the conversations, I believe, because she's more worried about what they're going to say about her than what they're going to write about Alaska. Right, right. So, so how'd it go there at the ConocoPhillips? Uh, is is that for employees or what was that for? That's for employees and retirees at ConocoPhillips, and it was good. It was a right wide ranging discussion that we had. It was an opportunity to contrast some of the obvious policy differences that myself and Mary Peltola have. Um, you know, it's a lot of good questions. Questions about social issues. Questions about resource development. Questions about uh, what we would do down in the Congress to actually advance in a meaningful way the interests of our state. So it was good. It was about an hour session. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of these sorts of sessions across the state that we've participated in. In fact, here a couple of week, weeks ago, we were down on the Kenai. And uh, once again, Sarah Palin was absent from that discussion uh, as well. It was just myself. That was the, and Mary. Um, that was the Chamber of Commerce uh, forum down in the Kenai, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, again, you, you, you can't you can't make the case to Alaskans that you're going to be their voice if you're silent when you're campaigning for office. Well, now, did let's turn to Mary Peltola for a minute. When she was on the Kenai, um, I very distinctly heard her say that she did not think there was anything that we could do to open up Anwar, that she thought that was we'd done everything we could do and it was over. That's correct. You know, did she, her, her did she view say that was, today? Did she also say that today? No, she. It was a different story today. But yes, okay. you're correct. Down on the Kenai, uh, she made mention that um, that she believed that Anwar was unprofitable, and that therefore it shouldn't move forward. Right. And my view is, no politician should be telling us what project is profitable and what's not. That's what the exploration and development process proves up to determine whether something is profitable or not profitable as a resource. And that's true in mining and it's true in oil and gas. And so, you know, you need those decisions to be made by 
uh, private industry and by experts in those fields. And those experts do not exist within government. It's not government's job to tell us what works financially and what doesn't. Very interesting. So now um, let's just switch for a minute to your schedule, which has been, I know we've got, we've got to move quickly for you because you've got other people to talk to today besides Buster Alaska. How about um, tell us what you heard when you were down in Ketchikan last week? Yeah. So uh, we were in Ketchikan here just, just this last week. And we've been all over the state, by the way, we've been in Valdez, Fairbanks, Ketchikan, Kodiak, uh, Willow, Wasilla, Anchorage, obviously. You know, we've been we've we've traveled the state extensively throughout the campaign. But down in Ketchikan, the big topic, it seems to be on everybody's mind is this so-called bridge to nowhere. Now, the bridge okay. to nowhere, right, is actually a bridge to the airport. And that airport uh, sits on Gravina Island. And there is a tremendous amount of developable land, developable land there. OK, now there happens to be a housing crisis in Ketchikan. Yeah. People cannot afford to buy starter homes and their first homes there, it's just gotten too expensive because there's not enough land available in large part. Now, if we had had the bridge all this time, that would not be an issue. And likely the population in Ketchikan would be much greater than it is today. But unfortunately, Sarah Palin, under her governorship, her two-year term as governor, uh, killed the funding for that bridge and then claimed that she didn't spend the money. Of course, that's not true. She took the money anyway and spent it in, on other priorities uh, for her. But the people of Ketchikan missed out on a great infrastructure opportunity. So they and, remember this then. Oh, yeah, they absolutely do. It was a topic on everybody's minds that we spoke with in Ketchikan. And we spoke with uh, with radio. We spoke with the newspaper. Uh, we had uh, two events and and some other meetings while we were there. And just and we did all of that within about six, seven hours on the ground. My goodness. Um, so Ketchikan is one of the places I really love. My dad used to live there. And um, so I, I visited there a lot when I was younger. And uh, I, it is a it is a great part of the state. And if you're watching from Ketchikan, um, I just love Ketchikan. And I can't wait to get back and see all my friends there. So um, lucky you, you got to go there last week. Now, you also went to Valdez last week. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> my campaign manager has been just working tirelessly. And so I got behind the wheel and drove to and from Valdez uh, from my home in Peters Creek. And uh, we went down there. We, we were in the parade. I did door knocking myself because uh, we had some free time as we as we were waiting for the parade to get started. And great reception. I love Valdez. You know, it's one of these places um, that's just got so much unique character and history. And you find that in coastal Alaska, particularly as you're traveling uh, you know, all the way down into Southeast and all the way back up through Cordova and into Valdez and beyond. Um, beautiful drive. Just beautiful. beautiful just amazing. Drive. Yeah, I don't know if I, which drive I like the best, the drive to Kenai or the drive to Valdez. They're both so incredible. And you just think we are so blessed to live in this land. So to all our friends in Valdez, a big shout out if you're watching. Uh, really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, well, now, where where else have you been? I know you were in Fairbanks uh, early last yep. week, some point. Yep. So the very next morning, after dri- after driving to and from Valdez, I woke up at five a.m. and I flew to Fairbanks, and we had another an, another set of meetings there. Um, did radio again, and uh, and then uh, did some interviews, and then over over to an event at a, just an absolutely stunning home there in Fairbanks. 
And, you know, people in Fairbanks are really concerned about making sure that we have ongoing development, particularly, particularly as it relates to oil and gas. Energy issues, of course, are always a challenge in Fairbanks, making sure that we can we can do everything we can do to mitigate the cost of high energy in the interior. Wow. Um, but it's really amazing, too, because as you travel the state, you get a real appreciation for the local issues, the local issues. And, and you know, a lot of folks you know, out there and particularly maybe one in this race thinks you can paint Alaska with one broad brush, but it doesn't work that way. We're in many respects, we're multiple states sort of combined into one with different yeah. issues and different challenges, depending on where you happen to be in Alaska. No, that's really true because in Juneau, for instance, they have Snedisham Dam and they've got salmon, the Salmon um, Creek Dam and they've, they've got hydro down there and they're really doing great things with hydro in Southeast because they have hydro. And up in Fairbanks, they don't have hydro. They're they're going to be dependent on oil. You, you're not going to be able to run that that city on solar energy. And that's just never going to work in Fairbanks or anywhere in the northern tier of Alaska. And in the southern tier, we have rain. I don't know that solar energy does that much good either. I mean, there are alternatives, and I know that we're all exploring them. And that in, in the next 20 years, there'll be things that we haven't heard of. But right now, uh, Fairbanks is looking at a winter where they're going to be spending. Um, you know, good $1,500 a month to heat their homes. And that's um, that's a, a scary thought when it starts getting to be that expensive. It's very expensive. It's uh, And it's a, it's a great concern because what happens is in Alaska, the resources that we have, the natural resources that we have are not located in our, our largest population center. They're not in Anchorage. They're in the rural parts of Alaska. And if it's too expensive to live out there, then we're going to have a really hard time having a population in these locations that we need in order for the state to flourish in, in terms of its resource economy. So it's important that, that we have a lower cost of energy that's diffused throughout the state uh, that allows people to, to live and work uh, where the opportunities of the state are. All right. So we talked about Kenai. You've been to Kenai this past week. You've been to Ketchikan. You've been to Valdez. You've been to Fairbanks. And I know you were out in Wasilla uh, uh, at a fundraiser at C.J. Cohen's house the other night, and I, I had to miss that one. Tell me about uh, what people in Wasilla are really thinking. What's on their minds? Oh yeah, that was a that was a great fundraiser. You know, the the issues that I hear most about when I'm when I'm traveling in the in the Matsu Valley are really national issues. I hear a lot of a lot of folks that are concerned about the direction of our nation, uh, the the role of the activist left, and how they've hijacked the Democrat Party. And how are we going to make sure that we have integrity in our elections? How are we going to make sure that we have um, a, a budget that's not so profligate that it's creating uh, inflation in the real economy? Uh, you know, these are the issues that I hear most out there. Obviously, resource issues are, are important out in the Matsu, um, but it's really a concern uh, as, as there are a ton of patriots out there concerned about what's the direction of our country over the next 10, 20 years? And how do we get a handle on this and start to bring, bring government back into its lane and allow the private sector to flourish again? Oh, I love the Matsu. And, and there are, like you said, there's a, a lot of really great Americans, great patriots out in the Matsu Valley. So, um, so boy, you're down to the last almost uh, 28 hours, 29 hours, 30 hours to go in this election. Um, uh, doing anything else or going out, you're going out to a fundraiser tonight, right? Tonight, we're going to be at the home of Jim and Faye Palin. And uh, okay. I would encourage <laughs> anyone, anyone who'd like to, to uh, participate in a, in a great fundraiser and a great event, come on out. Everybody's welcome uh, to join us out there. There's going to be 
ton of great food. Uh, I'll yeah. I'll give my remarks. I'll take some questions. Uh, you know, it's just a, a way for us to celebrate a really hard fought campaign. We've got some great leaders uh, from the Matsu uh, borough and beyond. And and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that. You know, we've gotten tremendous support. I've I've got support from about seventy publicly elected officials, current and former, as well as party leaders throughout the state of Alaska. Um, you know, we've got the mayor of the Matsu borough, the mayor of Wasilla. We've got Senator Shower. Uh, we've got Senator uh, Hughes, right? We've got mm-hmm. Kathy mm-hmm. Tilton. We've got Amy yeah. Domboski. We've got just an, an incredible set. And I apologize if I'm not mentioning everyone because we have over 100 co-hosts at this event. We've got an incredible set of conservative leaders that have, have come behind me in this campaign and are really excited about uh, getting representation down in the Congress that's going to be allow, allow us to actually move these priorities we've been talking about in a demonstrable fashion through the Congress in a way that actually benefits the state. Yeah, so that's exciting. So this is, I just find it so awkward that Jim and Faye Palin are throwing a fundraiser you the night before the election. I just think it's really historic. I mean, that shows that in this state, uh, politics is so interconnected and these family relationships are, are sometimes tangled. Not all family members support other family members. And um, you just have to kind of, you have to remain, somehow remain civil through all this. But uh, then tomorrow is a big day. I ma- imagine you have some people who are waving signs because that's what people do on election day. I imagine you're still working. You're running through the tape. I've never seen a All candidate work so hard, man. <laughs> All the way through. Just back to your prior point about uh, about how families can differ on politics. I mean, I think Mark Begich, my uncle, has actually gone out and thrown fundraisers for Mary Peltola himself. Right. Yeah, my own that. grandmother on that side told me, I could never vote for you. You're a Republican. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we've got some wild activity here on, on this particular race. People feel passionately one way or the other. Oh, but uh, look, at the end of the day, we've worked hard. You know, I've worked hard I, and, yeah. and I've worked hard because I want I believe this is a really important job for the people of Alaska. I believe it's an important job for our nation. Right. Alaska has an opportunity to solve many of the challenges that we're experiencing as a nation, but we've got to make a strong case for the state down in Congress. I want to do that for us down there. So if you're engaged in this campaign, you've been kind of watching from afar, come out to our event tonight or join us for sign waving tomorrow in the Valley and or in Anchorage. We've got uh, two locations that are out there on our Facebook page, uh, reach out to us or just come on over, grab a sign and uh, enjoy. It's going to be a fun day tomorrow. Well, really, it's very, it's, it's an exciting thing. Now, everybody who's watching, if you have voted already, good for you. And thank you everybody for doing your part to keep our Republic strong by voting. And if you haven't voted yet, I encourage you to do so today. Don't wait for the lines tomorrow. It could be a busy day and, and you may have other things you want to do. Don't let the day slip by you. Tomorrow, remember, the kids are back in school. The roads will be a little bit more crowded. Some parents aren't going to be able to put their kids on buses, so they're going to be kind of jammed up, and maybe they uh, run out of time. But you have time today to vote in the regional voting centers, and, and, um, if you, and you know where they are. If you, don't, if you don't know where they are, you can go to the Division of Elections and, um, online at, at, at uh, alaska.gov and find the Division of Elections there. And you can find your voting uh, closest voting place. So please go out and vote today. Uh, regardless of who you're voting for, this is our opportunity to make our stand. And I uh, just really want to thank you, Nick. I, I, I've watched you work so hard through this campaign. I've never seen anybody work harder than you have to sort of earn the respect and earn the, uh, the right to represent Alaska. So good job on your part. 
And I'll probably see you uh, somewhere. Maybe I'll see you out at Jim and Faith Palin's house tonight, since I think I'm one of the co-hosts there. And, uh, and, and for everybody else, have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you, Nick. And we will see you on the campaign trail somewhere. From, um, from somewhere in Alaska, I'm signing off. <laughs>